What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode number 63. Today, featuring my guest, Gage Rhodes. He is a folk Americana country singer from the uh, Eastern Shore of Maryland. He has an album out called All I Did, which features the single Fast Talker. Uh, His music is featured on this episode, and you'll hear it momentarily. Anyway, we had a fun conversation about our songwriting styles and philosophies, stuff like that, as well as uh, Gage's influences and some of the topics that led him to songwriting and recording music. So uh, whether you're friends or fans of his, hopefully you uh, enjoy the episode. Thanks for tuning in and supporting local music. We all definitely appreciate it. As always, feel free to subscribe to either Gage or to the podcast itself. Wherever you may be listening, I will add some Spotify links to Gage's music at the bottom of the episode notes, and uh, hopefully this episode finds you yourself doing alright. If you're listening to this and you have new music coming out personally, you can always feel free to hit me up. There's a chance we could do an episode. Um, There's also t-shirts for this podcast, which are available through messaging and uh, on Instagram and Facebook, stuff like that, in the... uh, website link up shortly but uh really as far as uh everything else goes um i'd probably be remiss if i didn't mention that my band the hollow truths has a show coming up in baltimore at fishhead cantina on may 8th uh it'll be distanced and masked up of course so if you're in the area maybe want to come hang out have a few beers uh, that's where we'll be but uh yeah Really, without uh, further ado, Gage Rhodes. Anyway, my name is Brett. Uh, nice to virtually meet you. Same, man. It's uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of the stuff that you've been posting. It's awesome, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I never really know if uh, this thing's getting out there necessarily or not, but I've uh, been getting some pretty good feedback, and people seem to want to come on and chat. And so, obviously, I'm just trying to get uh, exposure out there for people if I can. You know? Yeah, hell yeah. So. Uh, I actually kind of slipped my mind uh, where you're based. Um, are you based in Baltimore area? Um, kind of, sort of. Uh, I live on the eastern shore, okay. but um, a lot of when we were playing out all the time, a lot of the time it was in Annapolis area, stuff like that. I got you. So Maryland. Just yeah. making sure. I, I assume so, but every once in a while I... I uh, forget to do my homework, and some, you know I'm talking to somebody in like Minnesota or something, and I'm like, uh, "Gotcha." All right. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's cool, man. You got the country singer songwriter folky thing vibe going. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I never, I, I don't think I set out to do like country because that's kind of like a, like a buzzword these days. Um, but I think I've accidentally 
done done country stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's got a country flavor. I, you know, certainly not uh, just your standard Florida Georgia line pop country or anything like that. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I figured you probably listen to people like uh, Tyler Childers and and you know songwriters of that uh, caliber. Oh hell yeah! More. I love. I love uh, Tyler Childers or Childers and yeah. um, Jason Isbell. Like, those are. Yeah. Those types those of guys dudes. are doing it right. Yeah, and I mean, like, locally, I guess around here, I'm sure you're probably familiar with uh, Joey Harcum as well. Oh, yeah. I love yeah, I love the, Joey. The local hero, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you guys have a, a similar. Uh, you're in a similar vein, probably, for what you're going for and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I just figured I'd ask kind of. If I was in the ballpark of uh, your influences, or if you know I didn't mention somebody or something like that, yeah, um, the main one, uh, the main one from, I guess before uh, I got the the country thing going was uh, Nathaniel Rateliff. Um, oh hell yeah, yeah. He he did a lot of solo stuff before he did his work with uh, the Night Sweats. Yeah. Um, and it's all just super well written, super well produced. Mm. And um, I found him through some Netflix documentary, and I was nice. like, "This dude, hmm, this this guy writes pretty good stuff." And then, mm. you know, two or two or three years later, he comes out with SOB and just yeah. blows the roof off of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a hell of a tune for sure. Hell yeah, definitely big fans of him. Although I haven't seen him live yet. Um, I guess I got to ask about your shirt. This is not a uh, video podcast, so even though we're video <laughs> chatting, it'll just be audio. But uh, I don't know. Figured maybe there's a, a story behind that. But, um, yeah, I uh, I went to see um, Noah Gunderson, and uh, oh, okay. are we allowed? Are, are we allowed to curse? Curse away. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for you guys listening, my shirt says "Who the fuck is Noah Gunderson," yeah. um, which it's it's something I hear a lot when I wear the shirt. But uh, yeah. he is a uh, a songwriter out of like Pacific Northwest um, is where I think he's based. Um, but he's another guy that I am influenced by a lot. Um, yeah. He's been writing like just phenomenal phenomenal records for quite a while now um but i think and it's it's weird to see how things move i think phoebe bridgers did merch for him like way 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 back when when she was in high school or something i think she did merch for him yeah um and then they collaborated on um like a mashup of both the both of their songs but um, yeah, he is just brilliant. Um, he he's had some success with uh, like TV and movie placements and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I saw him in DC after his last album. Yeah, I think his last album. Um, I got you. And it was just an awesome show. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I'll definitely check him out. I'll, I'll give him a little follow there on the. Yeah, uh, on the Insta, but yeah, I mean, really, we're just kind of here to talk about your stuff, and, you know, I like to think that, like, people's friends and family 
may listen to it and you know they may might not always like want to talk to you about your songs or crap over dinner or any other time for that matter but uh this is a way of like they could be like a ear or a fly on the wall and kind of maybe listen when they're driving or something and kind of get some stories behind your stuff you know that they maybe wouldn't know or or just in general i don't know so yeah that's that a cool like, setup um it's a cool setup because i think a lot of the times people people will be like oh i know i know who that song's about yeah. like uh let's just not talk about this like let's not yeah. <laughs> yeah but no it's cool that uh there's a way for people to find out without actually you know yeah. you know how it goes it's a little it's a little different conversation if it's direct and one-on-one and somebody's like asking about stuff. Whereas this is just yeah, like, sure. you can make something up. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. But, um, it kind of looks like, uh, your top song there, uh, at least on Spotify is fast talker. And yeah. that one, that one definitely kind of stands out a little bit. I, from listening through the album, I feel like it's, you know, it's got a presence and a soul to it. So it kind of sets it apart. Can't exactly put my finger on it, but I figured I'd ask you about that one and just kind of get your thoughts. Yeah, um, thank you, first and foremost, man. I mean, that means a lot. Um, it's it's kind of, I don't know if it's funny, but it's, it's a weird story um, because I'm good friends with uh, Sam Pugh and all the guys in Hardside, um, and... Fast Talker was kind of a weird song for me at, at that point. Um, yeah. So I sent, I wrote this song, um, and I sent it to Sam, and I was like, hey, you know, do you guys want this song? And Sam was like, no, you need to keep it. Never give that to anybody. That. I was like, he hates this fucking song. That. But uh, it uh, that kind of made me branch off a little bit into um, kind of where I'm at now with, um, you know, sad, acoustic kind of country songs. Yeah. But, um, I mean, how in-depth do you want me to go? Hey, man, it's your hour. Whatever you <laughs> feel like the people want to hear, you know. Um, I It might not be any kind of secret, but I read a lot about... Um, my hometown and growing up more or less in a cornfield. Um, yeah. But here on the shore, it's it's all, um, you know, it's all marshland and stuff like that. So we had a uh, neighbor when I was growing up, and he talked super, super fast. I never understood him because he was just like, just auctioneer fast. Um, but then I think it was Hurricane Isabel came through and like just we got super flooded and it was like there were boats on that, like next to the highway. And, um, but his house ended up like sinking down into the, the marsh a little bit, like the marshland that it was built on. Um, so he had to leave this house that he had been in for fucking decades and, you know, go to some, um, assisted living home or something. But I was thinking about it um, after they tore it down, and I was like, "That's a really depressing situation." <laughs> like, let me let me play with that uh, 
that idea, I guess. Yeah. It's those, uh, I always find, man, it's those storytelling songs that are real that uh, people really seem to resonate with more, you know? Yeah, and I think um, I think that's what a lot of people latch on to. And what I've experienced from, um, you know, people coming from out of town or people, me going out of town to other places, I think a lot of people in small towns grew up with, like, similar experiences. Um, So there's always, you know, there's always someone in town that you feel bad for. Um, You know, there's always that, like, one person um, or, you know, someone that didn't get a fair shake. And, you know, there's at least one in every town, um, which I hopefully makes it feel relatable to a lot of people, but still kind of universal. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) No, man. I mean, that's spot on. Like that's the goal really. I mean, I don't want to act like people in middle America or small towns are forgotten or anything like that. But I mean, oftentimes the subject matter of country in particular is that's right where it's trying to hone into. And it makes sense. You know, it's a big audience. No, you know, no matter how niche it could get, it's uh, still, you know, a tremendous amount of people. So I feel like you're on the right track, at least subject matter wise, you know, just find something like super like specific and random to your hometown and like somebody else in some random town is going to be like, yeah, I, I get that. But I don't yeah, know. I think uh, you're saying, I, man, um, sorry, yeah, I didn't like, even catch up. No, man, you're good. Um, I, uh, one of my favorite bands, probably uh, still existing today, is called Susto. They're from uh, South Carolina. And uh, they're certainly by no means country, but they're like psychedelic folk rock. And uh, it's like oh, yeah. all their songs are often like a super specific thing that happened in the, like, their hometown or something. And it's just like, I don't know. It just makes things more interesting because it's like you almost feel like they're just literally telling you a story. And sometimes that's refreshing as opposed to someone trying to come up with some gigantic metaphor uh, for some feeling that they're trying to express that only they can interpret. Maybe it's like, I don't know. It's my little rant on that, but (laughs) I feel like I like that style of songwriting, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, one of my main, my main, I guess, gripes with um, pop country, if you want to call it that, you know, the riding in tractors, drinking beers in the truck with a girl and a dog. Um, (laughs) I think it, it doesn't paint an accurate picture of what it's actually like to grow up in a town that's, you know, half the kids are involved in like the 4-H club. Um, I don't, it doesn't, you know, um, not to get super, super dark and up on my soapbox, but like the, the opiate, um, or the opioid epidemic, you know, you never hear about the, um, that side of stuff in pop country songs, but in pretty much every small town in America, you know, you know, somebody that's, that's got an issue with it, or you, you know, somebody that knows somebody, um, 
you yeah. know, and it's it's weird to me that the those guys are just like, oh no, let's ignore that and keep talking about tractors. I know that not everyone here can afford tractors because you know that's they're like half a million dollars each or something. But let's keep talking about those. But um, yeah. that that sort of stuff just feels kind of fake to me. Um, yeah, and that's as I'm sure you're aware. You know why country music at the top is the way it is or why even pop music is at the way it is at the top is because you know it's the same five old farts who've been running the business you know for the last 50 years and uh they're still dictating basically policy you know yeah that's just the way it is at the top at least on that level you know i don't think people are take are allowed to take a lot of like artistic liberties at all once you get to a certain echelon, you know, it's like, yeah, you better start singing about trucks, boy, or <laughs> something, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, so. and I think that it, that that whole thing is kind of, I don't call it damaging necessarily, but um, you know, it it kind of shoehorns anybody that sings about, you know. Ooh, excuse me, having bonfires and, you know, getting in my truck or and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, oh, okay, well, that now that's pop country. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's tough to ride the line between, all right, these are going to be honest songs about how it is to live in a rural, you know, suburban rural place. Yeah. As opposed, and, and, there are good times, but there are also these bad things that I guess no one wants to talk about. But um, I try to I try to at least include, you know, real, you know, real experiences, because um, you know it's it's not ever um, one or the other. It's it's usually a mix of both. Well, I mean, I think you're on the right side of the current wave of the country trend, as it were, from, you know, what I've noticed, you know, in the limited time podcasting, I've been talking to people, um, a fair amount of folk and country people, I would say, and then also just being a fan of uh, the genre, like, um, I don't know, man, I feel like outlaw country is kind of kicking a little bit ass, uh, at least in the last, like, five years i feel like i've noticed more people paying attention to it and that probably happened to some degree i guess because of like chris stapleton and uh people like that who arguably are not uh you know your cookie cutter pop country or anything like that they're still pretty raw and real um when you break it down so i feel like that's paving the way for some of the uh lesser known people like isabel and like shelters and other people um, to kind of get more notoriety, like that's just my feeling, and uh, I don't know. We'll see if that uh, kind of continues, but I feel like people like real songs, and so I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be, uh, you know, a trend moving forward. Yeah, I think um, I think not only uh, do you have the the I guess advocates if you want to call them that um, from you know the success the more successful side of Nashville you know the music industry you have 
those people, you know, advocating for these guys that are writing less pop songs and more, you know, honest stuff. Um, but I think also there's a, like a, I don't know about geopolitical, but just political in general, yeah. there's, you know, I get, we're kind of seeing the same stuff from, you know, decades ago where, you know, there's a war that not everybody supports, but, you know, some people do and then some people don't, and there and everything's kind of mixing together and... Um, you know, all these issues are being brought up, and the the outlaws are basically, you know, contending with them the way that outlaws used to do. You know what I mean? Um, like in the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties. So you have kind of a a different class of or a different style of artists coming out well getting more popular that isn't just the you know stereotypical did I lose you? No, I'm listening. Okay. Something weird happened with uh hold on now. Still hear me? Yeah I can still hear you. I don't know it just oh, there it is. Sorry about that. Um, you have a uh, a different kind of attitude, I guess, going forward, other than just this, you know, big cowboy boots, big cowboy hat, you know, yeah. big belt buckle. Let's let's sing about farms. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, I. I no, I was just saying, people are you know trying to keep it real feel like as much as they can I think that's um, that's one of the things I try to keep in mind um, when I write is that people are very very good at seeing through um, you know if you're if you're trying to bullshit them in a song yeah they'll they'll know um, yeah you know what I mean they'll They'll know that you're trying to bullshit them, and they won't. It the song is basically ruined. Um, even if you don't have anything, you know, world shaking to say, just being honest about like, hey, I laid on the couch for eighteen hours today. <laughs> yeah. Someone out there is gonna be like, "Yup, heard that. I'm with that." <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things where I mean. I wonder sometimes if other artists and bands feel this way, but like, I feel like the audience just uh, either knows more than you do, or at least you need to respect them like they do, because like they almost certainly know more than I do. Yeah, it's like I approach songwriting as like it's a conversation almost. It's like, look, I don't really know you, and I don't necessarily expect you to care about what I have to say, but this is like the most cogent way I can describe my story in an interesting way. So hopefully it grabs you, but I, I want to tell it in a way that I would tell you, like I'm talking to you almost like, I don't know. That's my, again, going back to my 
favorite styles of songwriting. I feel like that's what grabs people. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, there, there's something to be said for the, the lyrics that are super, super dense and poetic and, you know, they have these, these $10 SAT prep words in them. Um, you know, I, I think those songs are great and I wish that I could write like that. Um, but for me, it's basically, you know, it's a, a spray painted sign, you know, that I'm just going to convey this as simply as I can. And then, you know, hopefully that means more people will understand it and, you know, get, get out of it what I'm trying to get yeah. them to feel. Just trying to be direct. Yeah. And uh, that can be sometimes one of the biggest challenges maybe uh, uh, between, say, like being in the studio or writing a song and then playing live. Like those two worlds because it's, I think, often easy to get more poetic, metaphorical, whatever, uh, in the songwriting process or while you're recording or you got all these different uh, ideas floating around. But once it comes time to like play a song, especially acoustic, like by yourself, like raw in front of an audience, you're like, damn, I hope I said this in a clear enough way that like it's not going to make me look like an idiot or something, you know, like I feel like I oscillate between those two worlds a lot. And I try to think more about if I'm just standing there with a guitar in front of people like that, is this going to make sense <laughs> like to them? You know, yeah. Um, I think that's a. It's such a another fine line to walk um, because you wanna you wanna gussy it up a little bit, um, and you know, make it. You wanna kind of stay in the edges a little bit so that it isn't just you know just flat out saying what you're feeling. You know, I am sad. Because, yeah. you know, this or that. Um, and you want to kind of round the edges so that it other people can kind of latch on to it or, you know, feel what they want to feel um, from it. Yeah. But then you also don't want to get so far in the weeds that, uh, you know, people are listening to and it going, wait, hold on. And they got to look up the lyrics and, you know... Yeah. Um, and get out a, a dictionary or something. But yeah, um, I mean, kind of on that, on a tangent related to that is like, you know, one of my favorite authors in the world is Chuck Palenik who wrote uh, fight club and uh, mm -hmm. some other things that turned into movies or whatever. But at the end of the day now he's kind of an old fart just teaching. And um, he's basically like a great writing teacher. And I think a lot of what his little tidbits of uh, knowledge are good for, for songwriting is like, you know, he'll basically just break it down for you and be like, look, you can't just say Sally was sad today at the bus stop. Like, for example, like no one is going to care at all. Yeah. You have to break down the colors and the scenery and her feelings and the events that led to her sitting down on this bus stop on this day when it was cold out, when it was February, when she was sad because, you know, something terrible happened or 
whatever and like you bring all these feelings together and events to paint this like little bit of a, a tapestry if you will of it all and like that is what brings in the reader or the listener more than just like you're saying just flat out like well i'm sad today so i'm gonna drink <laughs> hope you enjoy the song <laughs> like yeah you know like I said, that's the song um no i think um for me personally uh imagery is incredibly powerful um yeah because you know you can say it's so much easier to, um, you know, get someone else to understand what you're feeling as a, in by by just describing the scene, um, yeah. as opposed to saying or, or you know finding a way to say it poetically that you know, you want to move on, but you're conflicted and you can't tell, you know, if you miss this person or just that time. And you could, you could ramble on for four minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Or you could just say, you know, you can mention, you know, I'm, you're washing dishes in the kitchen singing whatever song. Yeah. Um, and y- y- people will latch on to those, um, those pieces of imagery, I guess. Um, And it might not mean exactly the same thing to them as it does to me when I, you know, write it down. But if it gets them to feel, you know, if they take the long way around it and they still end up feeling the same way that I do when I am singing it, um, I think that, you know, that's about as good as I'm going to get. Yeah, man, that's that's the art of it. That's, that's the name of the game. If you can do it, probably my favorite uh, current punk rock band or alt rock band, if you will, would be uh, the Men Singers, and I think that they do that like relentlessly well as far as imagery goes. But they talk about it explicitly too. It's like a conscious effort for them. They're like, you know, I say that's the way they approach writing. They don't want to make any necessarily blunt statements. It's more like. I'm just going to tell you how this scene looked to me. And if it means anything to you, cool. You know, and I, I feel like yeah. they get, they get their feeling across better that way. And something like you're saying, it is certainly an art form. I don't know if it's uh, uh, intrinsic to everyone's songwriting, but it certainly can be done. Do you feel like, um, you know, you were able to capture a moment or a feeling or a scene in uh, one of your, songs off this album specifically uh which is called um yeah uh it it's coincidental that you uh said the name of it um for the like in terms of that album that was um the first one that i had done start to finish um you know with with all the uh instrumentation and stuff like that um in the studio with the producer uh, so I was really proud of um, the title track, the last one. Um, yeah. All I did, uh, but I, it's it's sort of about um, this 
you know, hypothetical end of the rope scenario um, where, you know, the it's like that thing where you have a really bad day and then your belt loop gets hung hung up on like the door handle. Yeah. And it's just the last thing that, you know, yeah. makes you flip out. Um but it's sort of in, you know, at the end of the rope scenario where uh the idea is that this person um you know is is driving and you they're thinking about, you know, the car crash and um stuff like that. Up until like it was put onto the C D it was called Car Crash. Um okay. but I, I felt like I needed a name for the album so I renamed it and stuff. But um so I was really proud of how that uh sonically kind of felt like a car crash sometimes. Yeah. Um but uh, we just put a whole bunch of instrumentation on it, um, and yeah. I think that that song um, captured what I was trying to to put out um, in general. Yeah. That I think that that recording is uh, a pretty good um, representation of what I wanted out of it. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, so I think you mentioned maybe briefly who you recorded with, but I always feel like it's a good thing to do if you can just kind of give a shout out to uh, whatever studio you're working with or producer or whoever. Um, they're no longer uh, a studio, but uh, it is Aaron Maloney um, okay. at Andover Studios um, here on the shore. Um, I gotcha. No longer a studio, but it was it was super cool to be able to um, work with him and, um, you know, in the case of bass and drums and stuff, uh, have his help writing those parts and stuff. Because um, yeah. I came to him with, you know, 10 acoustic songs, and I was like, well, I want to make them full band. Uh, so that was, it was definitely a learning experience the whole way. Um, yeah. But yeah, it it was it was a cool process. Right on. So yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like um, all I did came out in 2017, like you mentioned. So I mean, it seems like the next logical question is like, you know, what have you been working on, if anything, and like, what's uh, what's next? You know, you got any uh, new songs brewing or new releases, anything like that? Uh, I. I'm working on uh, hopefully a new single sometime this year, uh, if not a, a, an EP album um, late this year. Um, I am working, well, finalizing the process on uh, working with uh, representation like a label. Um, so hopefully that'll be, that'll expedite the whole thing. Um, so I have I have them all written um and fleshed out with the band the rural depression uh we just it's just a matter of getting into the studio and uh tracking them 
for for a release as opposed to just like a live a live take thing. Yeah. Um, but it was I'm I'm sure you've heard it a, a bunch of times. But last year I was like getting ready to quit my job and I was like, all right, well this is gonna be the year I tour. Like I'm gonna record all this stuff. I'm gonna release it. And then I guess a year ago now or you know a year ago in March yeah. everything shut down and I was like ah well uh, hmm yeah. so trying to make up for that and hustle this year to get stuff released and uh, you know book some shows kind of up and down the coast hopefully right on yeah hopefully you held on to that job uh, whatever it was <laughs> yeah I uh um. I was heavily considering it, and then it was like, all right, everything's locked down. Was, uh, all right, I'll stay. Yeah, yeah, because this is the part-time rock star hour, I guess. Um, <laughs> I do kind of ask people sometimes what they do for work, you know. I mean, none of us are really out there, uh, you know, touring the world or anything. So, um, just kind of curious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a well-guarded secret so far. But okay. uh, well, you can keep it that I, way. That's cool with me. You know, pays the bills. So yeah. until uh, until I'm a full time rock star. Exactly, that's the goal, man. <laughs> Just gotta <laughs> work your way up the ladder, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, man, um, it's cool you're out on the shore. I'm out there from time to time. I might even be uh, playing a gig over there sometime and. In May, it looks like, but tell you, um, yeah. Um, are you guys near the water at all, or are you uh, kind of more inland? Like? Um, I am not near the bay. Uh, yeah. I guess well, technically, but um, I still live pretty much right on the marsh. Um, yeah. I can see the bay from uh, my upstairs windows. But um, it's nice. I love I love being by the water. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the marsh gets kind of kind of smelly sometimes in the summer. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, for people non Marylanders, it might be kind of annoyed to listen to it. But it's just like I always got to bring up crabbing and stuff like that. <laughs> crabbing, water, all that stuff, you know. So yeah, and um, yeah, crabs are such a huge part of. <laughs> life around here um yeah. and it kind of sounds like a joke because everyone's like oh maryland crabs we get it we get it but um yeah. you know anytime you see somebody during the summer it's like when did you get when did you get crabs you want to yeah no i mean i have to drive out there to get the cheap ones so i'm still <laughs> a little closer to the city so you know gotta get across the bridge get the good ones yeah but uh we have we have crabs every quarter mile here or something yeah it's it's wild yeah man well hopefully i'll get out there let you know yeah absolutely um really i guess i didn't ask uh, which song you wanted to promote on this episode or if you wanted to promote uh more than one i usually uh feature one or two so it's really up to you i figure i throw fast Um, talkers in there but that might be too easy so I don't know. Um, if you can, the uh, the Kensington sessions for uh, best friend and Caroline, 
Yeah, um, I think I saw those videos. Yeah, I'm super glad with how those turned out. Uh, shout out to Kensington, they're awesome. Yeah. But uh, those are two that coming up soon. Um, you know, those are going to be ones that I'm trying to uh, push out and release. You know, sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. So if people dig that, then uh, I think they'll like the rest of the stuff. Yeah, man. I guess if if you have any uh, parting shout outs to people, you know, anybody's kind of been supportive or not supportive, and you just want to, you know. <laughs> The 30-second roast session. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, Cult Classic on Ken Island has been super oh. cool. Hell yeah. Um, I've had, by the way, I've had I've, uh, I've had Rory on here too from Hot Tub. Oh, hell yeah. Cult Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cult Classic's awesome. Um, super supportive. Great venue to play at. Um, uh, just everybody has been super great, uh, especially through all this. Um, and... Uh, I don't, I don't know anybody in, in particular that I'm allowed to shout out just yet. But. All right. Fair enough. Yep. Well, it's cool, man. Um, obviously, I'll be keeping tabs on uh, your itinerary if you're playing around my neck of the woods or if I'm out on the eastern shore. Like I said, hopefully you get a, a couple dates lined up this summer. Um, Hell yeah. You know, things are starting to kind of trickle back. So, uh Definitely, if you're at Cole Classic too, like you said, that's a, that's a good spot. Yeah, so, uh, great place to uh, great place to play music and a great place to watch music. Um, yeah. I'm there more than I would like to admit. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's that's your haunt then, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, it's been cool talking to you. And, uh, Dude, said, same. Thank you so much for for having me on. Yeah, uh, like just trying to spread the network, spread the word, just a little bit at a time. So hopefully, you know, your friends or fans get a kick out of this. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, so, I'll let them know. To, I'll make them listen. Sweet. So yeah. Other than that, man. Hopefully, have a good evening, and I'll try to get this thing out by next week. Sounds good, man. Thanks again. It was good talking to you. Yeah, you too, dude. See you. Later. So, yeah, I want to thank Gage for coming on the episode, and thank you for listening as well. You made it this far. The song you're hearing in the background is called Fast Talker, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, and all those types of places if you like it. But, yeah. Other than that, hopefully everybody's out there staying safe and staying sane all that stuff. So thanks again for listening and maybe see you on another episode.
convince all my problems to go away.